Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Anthony once again with Glenn Gilcrease. Glenn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Anthony. How about you? I'm doing all right. You know, it's sunny outside. I think it's like 60 degrees right now in Phoenix, Air, no, Tempe, and can't be much happier than that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's nice. You got a topic here today that I have little to no clue about, the tier system. Go ahead and start off. What really is going on here? Well, we, we know that from time to time in the legal profession, and rules change yeah. and how we practice changes to some extent. Mm -hmm. And that happened in 2018, for, okay. you know, a, a subset of rules that were woven into our rules of civil procedure, mm -hmm. which govern how we handle the civil cases that mm -hmm. I do, the personal injury and wrongful death. Mm -hmm. These are by way of reminder civil cases as opposed to criminal cases mm -hmm. which are initiated that is criminal cases by the government prosecutorial branches mm -hmm. either city state or federal yeah so in 2018 what happened was our rule makers essentially the supreme court of arizona mm -hmm. and various committees and then with input from practitioners passed rules which broke down the civil cases into three tiers, mm -hmm. T-I-E-R-S. Mm -hmm. And the purpose behind all of this was to simplify the process for those cases which were not complex or mm -hmm. large cases, mm -hmm. and then to identify those cases that might be more complex mm -hmm. and give them the attention they deserve within okay. the system. And what I mean by that, it starts with, and I think we've talked about before, if you hired me to represent you and we didn't get your case settled in negotiation with an mm -hmm. adjuster, we need to file a lawsuit. The filing of a lawsuit is begun with the filing of a complaint. Mm -hmm in Maricopa County Superior Court or the Superior Court in the jurisdiction of which someone mm -hmm. resides or the defendant resides okay. primarily. So what is now entailed in the tiers is tier one is a case that basically has a value of $50,000 or less and is relatively simple. Mm -hmm. Party A versus party B and the person that has been injured has not been injured too seriously. So in our complaint, we have to put what tier mm -hmm. we're filing the case under. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it would be a tier one. Mm -hmm. And that case has less discovery than more complicated cases, mm -hmm. meaning less interrogatories, less time to conduct depositions and the like. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's simplified. Mm -hmm. Then we have tier two, mm -hmm. and you designate this, as I've said, in the complaint. A tier two would be a case which has in value 50,000 to 300,000. Mm -hmm. You can see it climbing upward. The more serious mm -hmm. the case, then the tier two case gets more time mm -hmm. in discovery, more interrogatories, 
and more forms of ways that we can find out okay. you know, what the defense is and the defense can find out more about what our case is about for me, for my client. But the, the process starts with the lawyer that's like the defending, or I guess prosecuting in this case, because you're really finally complaining against somebody. It, it starts with the plaintiff's attorney, which yeah. I am. Okay. In other words, it starts with the intake of an injured person mm -hmm. and then getting their medical bills, monitoring their treatment. How seriously have they been injured? In how much does it cost? How much are the medical bills? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, did they suffer a, a torn ligament mm -hmm. or, or something less, something not so serious? Mm -hmm. Broken bones. On the top end of the scale mm -hmm. is a tier three case, mm -hmm. which is the most serious, and that's a case which has a value of $300,000 or more. Mm -hmm. And you can see that's a pretty serious injury. Mm -hmm. In that case, and our rule makers, have properly given that case the opportunity to conduct more discovery from both plaintiff and defense side, mm -hmm. uh, send out more interrogatories, uh, take more depositions. And as the case gets more serious, the case is more likely to have expert witnesses mm -hmm. involved. That is, in a medical malpractice case, doctors mm -hmm. that will come in and say, here's what went wrong, here's what should have been done. Mm -hmm. Or a slip and fall case mm -hmm. where we have to have engineers come in and look at, uh, use a fancy term, the coefficient of friction, how slippery was it? Mm -hmm. Or various things like that. Mm -hmm. But again, it's broken down into tier one, mm -hmm. tier two, and tier three. And when you let your mind start to unravel that, it, it what may appear complex does become more simplified mm -hmm. in the approach. Mm -hmm. Number, tier one, less serious. Tier two, more serious. And tier three, the most serious of our cases. Now, someone might ask me, well, is there a fine line which differentiates mm -hmm. the tiers? Yeah. That's a, that would be a great question, and the answer is, it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. I just went through a case, and we certified it originally as a Tier 1. Mm -hmm. As we went on, I saw some additional problems that the client was having medically, mm -hmm. and we recertified it mm -hmm. as a Tier 2. And you so can, you can do that midstream? You can just be like, hey, we decided... You can do that. Okay. In, in other words, if you see a reason that time goes on and maybe mm -hmm. the client realizes, you know, I've got a herniated disc here mm -hmm. and I'm going to need surgery. And you realize that that can transform, easily transform a tier one to a tier two mm -hmm. and possibly a tier three case. Mm -hmm. And in fact, very likely um, when, when we have surgeries involved and and something that might result in a permanent injury. Mm -hmm. And permanency is a powerful driving force in the evaluation of our cases. Mm -hmm. Generally, tier one is a non-permanent injury. Mm -hmm. Tier two may be a permanent injury. Yeah. And tier three, likely yeah, a permanent injury. Yeah. And so that gives you some idea 
of this change that took place. And one of the interesting things that really does require us to sit down from the very beginning mm -hmm. and start evaluating our cases mm -hmm. and where they're going to head and uh, how much time they're going to take so that we can advise the, our, our clients. Mm -hmm. You know, clients often ask me, well, how much is my case worth? Well, let's, let's see what happens here. I give them some ideas and parameters mm -hmm. of what I see, mm -hmm. and then I get the medical records and the bills. I try to talk to doctors and communicate with the doctors mm -hmm. that treat my clients. Mm -hmm. Number one, I often find something that may have been missed mm -hmm. initially by the client mm -hmm. and that helps their case. Mm -hmm. And communication with doctors helps me understand, do I have that permanent injury mm -hmm. which could drive a case into the tier three range? Mm -hmm. But it's not always easy to distinguish between a tier one or a tier two. Mm -hmm. and, and you can imagine that, um, you know, common sense would say, well, you might have a case, is it worth $295,000 a tier two, mm -hmm. or is it worth $310,000 yeah. a tier three? Like one extra visit somewhere could be the difference there. So generally, I tend to tear it upwards okay. for the benefit of my client in that situation where it might be worth over the 300000 mm -hmm. I'm going to tear it as a tier three case mm -hmm. for the benefit of my client because that's what we're all about here at Gilcrease Law is for the client and maximizing mm -hmm. recovery. So when you when you change the tier level midstream, does someone have to approve that or is that just kind of like, like what's that process like when you do that change? It depends on when you do it. If you do it after discoveries mm -hmm. uh, begun and there is a defense attorney involved, often we can try to stipulate mm -hmm. or we can file a motion and it's all up to the court. Mm -hmm. If we say we want it to be a tier two or a tier three mm -hmm. and defense objects, the court will look at it and decide. Mm -hmm. And generally they're going to favor our position mm -hmm. because they're going to look at the defense and say, well, you know, the plaintiff, these are his claims. He's got a right to make the claim. If mm -hmm. he fails, fails mm -hmm. or she. And um, so, you know, that was a good question. And, and it, it's, it's, in some ways designed to make the system simpler mm -hmm. and with more clarity in it. And it doesn't always work out quite like that. Right. As you might imagine with lawyers taking different positions yeah. on things. But it, it's uh, part of our system now. And as you might imagine, when change occurs, we get used to those changes. Mm -hmm. So we now know that with every case mm -hmm. that we intake, we're going to need to start evaluating the tier. How often do changes like this really occur? Like, do, do we see this once every decade? Is this like a 50-year a occurrence at these points? Like, what what's the occurrence level, per se? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I would say that the changes that have come about in the last four years in this last year with some of the rules in, uh, in, on the appellate side of things are generational, truly, perhaps every 20. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a longer run because yes. they, they don't want to change things too much. Correct. It's not to say that changes don't occur, mm -hmm. but, but I don't think on the scale to which they occur. Oh, yeah, this is a 
This is a core change. You're, you're changing how you start the case, it feels like. Do you think it works? Like, do you like the system? It has its pluses and its minuses. Yeah. Now, of course, when we make a demand on the insurance company, mm -hmm. um, which often is the first step, mm -hmm. we don't have to tear the demand. Mm -hmm. um, we just make a demand for, you know, $100,000. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, everybody pretty well knows that's going to be a tier two if it doesn't settle. Mm -hmm. If we make a demand for $500,000, or a million dollars, everybody knows that's going to be a tier three mm -hmm. if it doesn't settle. If it's a wrongful death case, it's going to be a tier three. Mm -hmm. Of course, because it's a permanent thing. Correct. Do you, these days, how much really goes, like, do you have a few cases these days that you'll make that initial demand and they'll just say, okay? Or does that not happen that often? It happens. It depends on the amount of insurance and the nature uh, and extent of my client's injuries. Mm -hmm. If, and I'm going to take a, an extreme example mm -hmm. just to make the point, mm -hmm. but if, if a client has pretty serious injuries and unfortunately there's minimal $25,000 policy limits and the client has no underinsured motorist coverage, then the the insurance company is likely to fork over that twenty-five thousand. Mm -hmm. So that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just, they just kind of weigh their own risks and stuff. So those ones wouldn't even make it to the tier list, is what you're saying. That initial demand, if they say okay, tier list doesn't even matter because there's no complaint. That is, is that kind of the way of the run. That is correct. Okay. And the insurance companies, uh, you know, I don't say want to be careful, but they do have to be careful to some extent of recognizing mm -hmm. and paying the righteous claims for policy limits because they don't want to be in a position of bad faith. Mm -hmm. That's where they you know, unreasonably delay and deny mm -hmm. the payment of a claim. Mm -hmm. And then when they try to pay it you know, a year or two years down the road, we say, well, wait a minute, it's going to cost you more. Because you know, all that time that they didn't get this money, it affected their way of living kind of deal. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Glenn, I appreciate it. That's, a, that's an interesting piece. You know, I think when you, if you're not in the law, and most of us don't really have maybe one but two court cases in our entire lives, we've got no idea of these changes that occur. So I appreciate you bringing that knowledge to the table, Glenn. Well, thank you for letting me uh, share this yeah. with, with our audience. Again, it's, uh, it's something that lawyers deal with. We're prepared to deal with it for anybody that gives us a call. Awesome. Thank you, Glenn. We'll see you guys next Thank time. Thank you.